He says, I hate chickens. He says, chickens are my third least favorite bird. <laughs> That's so specific. You're listening to the Story Geeks podcast, produced by the Reclamation Society. Welcome to the Story Geeks Podcast. I'm Jay. I'm Cisa. And I'm Daryl. And today we are going to dig deeper into Moana. Mm-hmm. And we have a very special guest with us today. We have actor, singer-songwriter, and writer Cisa Gray, who is actually one of the voice performers from Moana, among many other things. So, Cisa, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, boys. It's an honor to have you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what else you do, what are you working on right now, where can people see you? Uh, First and foremost, um, uh, besides being the daughter of the Most High, (laughs) uh, I am a wife and a mother to four amazing children. Uh, My husband is Timon, and uh, right now I just finished doing some work on a new show coming out on Showtime called Smilf. And that airs to this weekend, actually. Um, and also writing my first and shooting my first short at this cool. moment. So, awesome. Yes. That sounds super fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> actors, they got to keep doing something. Yeah. yeah. It's always <laughs> the next thing. An artist actually yeah. has to keep doing something. Yeah. Marianne Holland, who's the chair of our board, uh, yeah. is an actress. And nice. so she, we, I met with her last night, and it was the same thing. It was like... What are you up to? Auditioning. You yes. got to keep, you got to be out there. It's a hustle. Yeah. yeah, it's a hustle. You're it's just a putting hustle. yourself out there. Exactly. Yeah, yep. pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Well, today we are going to talk about Moana. And I love this movie. A lot of big themes in this movie. Um, identity, redemption, fear, calling, suffering, legacy. A bunch more that I'm probably not a even lot. mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just kind of start out real high level. Mm. So, Cisa, why don't you talk a little bit about what does this movie mean to you? What drew you to it mm-hmm. when you got the opportunity to work on it? And... Yes. Um, this movie meant a lot to Pacific Islanders, all of Polynesia. Uh, of course, they had Lilo and Stitch. Right. Maybe back, I forgot what year. 90s? In the 90s. Yes, yeah. it was in the 90s. So that one catered specifically to Hawaii. Um, so this film meant a lot because it catered to a more you know, uh, broader, and um, it made us feel more like there's light shining on to our people, yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, hardly ever, you know, so with Disney, they did a great job with this, and working on the film, uh, getting a chance to talk with uh, John, the directors, the two of them, mm-hmm. they were in the studio uh, with us, and when we all first gathered as a group collectively to create the voices, um, some of them were doing Hawaiian pigeon talking. Uh, and then they had to stop and remind us that this is not focused on Hawaii. Uh-huh. This is actually going to be focused on the islands of Samoa, Tahiti, Fiji, and in that area. Yeah. So that was a big awakening for me because I said to myself, wow, this is amazing. You're actually going out more, you know, not just focused on Hawaii, which Hawaii is a big part of our lives. And, you know, a lot of people see Hawaii as Polynesia, but there's so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, with that, it was really special for us, especially um, as a Samoan. It was um, something that was beautiful that Disney came out with. Yeah. Jay, how did it hit you when you saw it for the first time? Um. It wasn't that deep of a emotional journey for me, mm-hmm. but I think that there's something just special about the film because of how inspirational it is yeah. and how 
I mean, I, I don't know. I just love water. So when I'm when I see and the like, water the ocean, is amazing. Oh yeah, the, it looks gosh, so good. The water so is basically real. a character in the film. <laughs> no, it is right. Like so, yeah. um, I, I think that that's just fantastic, and I love that aspect of it. And so as we see, even, I mean, it's not easy to do to capture waves. No. Yeah. Uh, especially we've seen it in two D, and it's usually like a little bit. It just feels a little bit off. Yes. But they did such a good job of capturing the ocean and just the waves and the wakes and everything. Yeah. I just, so that I was kind of geeking out on that because I love the ocean, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic film, very inspirational, uh, and obviously so many people love it that yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah, I wanted to touch on what you just said. It was yeah. about the water because when um, I had talked to John, mm-hmm. and after we had lunch, we came back, and I said to him, "You know, you have to listen to my brother's song. He just wrote a song about fire knife dancing, and oh. it was beautiful. We heard it, we sat there, and we listened to it." And then he told me, he said, Cecil, we almost went with Fire Knife, with fire as their story. Oh, interesting. But as they went to the different islands, they came to realize that the water is what connects us. Mm -hmm. So you're actually on point there. (laughs) The water is what connects all the Polynesian islands. That's cool. So yeah. Yeah. You're on point. I love that. That's cool. (laughs) As a bodyboarder, you care a lot about capturing water. Yes. Yes, and I don't know what it is. I love I love uh, water for some reason, and I don't know. Like when I watch this film, I actually have this in my notes. But my um, I'm a I'm a quarter. I'm a, I'm a lot of a different uh, ethnicities, or I should say nationalities. Yes. But um, one of them is Croatian because my family came from a little tiny island and we're fishermen. Love. So there's something about that that I'm like I love the water too. Connected. It's got to be yeah. connected yeah. there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, so I love this kind of... I love seeing islands. I love seeing water and just that whole um, aspect of it. It's fantastic. Love, love. One of my favorite parts is when um, she was a baby. Yeah. The water was trying to just make it (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's cool. They hit that on the nail. Yeah, they really did. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've said before on the podcast that this is my favorite Disney movie. I told Jay this morning that it's actually... It's my favorite animated movie. Yeah. And it's probably in my top 10 movies of all time. Like, wow. I just really love this. This is the kind of movie... Like, I, I went to see it originally with our son. Nice. Because, you know, it's a kid's movie. Oh, so yeah. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. well, I'll take him and, you know, I can watch any kid's movie once. And this is one, if, whenever he wants to watch it, I'm like, all right, put it in. Yeah. Wow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if it's Lego movie, I'm like, I can't ah. handle Lego movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but it's loud. Yeah. <laughs> Latin, whatever. The the Moana? Music. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. The music alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a special one for me too. And for our whole family. Yes. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Moana as a character. So, she has a lot of different sides to her identity. Mm-hmm. She has the cultural side being a Pacific Islander. Although we don't, we're not given a specific culture in the movie no. it's more of an amalgam yes a polynesian amalgam mm-hmm. yeah um but she has that she has her identity as a daughter the mm-hmm. daughter of the village chief yes um her own personal identity her desire to be out on the water her mm-hmm. worldview um and then just kind of the identity that's laid before her as the eventual chief of the village and what that status could mean for her mm-hmm. so um what about her identity? Like, what kind of stuff resonates with you guys? Oh gosh, as a Polynesian woman, <laughs> yeah. girl, it was uh, it, I identified with her a lot because my father is the high chief 
uh, in our village. Really? So, wow. Yes. Wow. So there are different, um, what do you call it, types of chiefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my father is the highest one also, uh, as well as my father-in-law. No, actually, my father-in-law is a talking chief. Okay. So um, my father, being who he is and the status of the high chief, it was... But it's interesting, too, because my dad's an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he's not quite your, you know, chief in Samoa still sitting there. He has to go out and, you know. But um, I relate to it a lot because growing up under my dad's roof, it was hard because we were expected to do certain things. Mm. The girls have your mm. place. The boys are treated differently. Mm-hmm. And I have an older brother. So there was always a, mm. uh, you know, you were treated differently. You were told to do things differently. You could do certain things. Girls, you couldn't. You got to mm. stay home. Mm-hmm. So for her, with Moana, the dad always holding her back, saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. That is all too familiar. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but with her, the, the calling in her life was so deep. Mm. And it was just constantly, constantly drawing her to it. I relate to it as a performer. Um, we're always at Pacific Islanders you're not it's not common for us to be to go out there and do certain things and um, we're always told to do this 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 so for me it was always like oh my gosh you gotta do this I have to do this I have to get into performing I have to and uh, my dad and mom didn't support it at first they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't think it was something mm-hmm. we should be doing you know um, and especially with us girls we had to uh, specifically all right, take care of your family. You have a mm-hmm. family. Stay mm-hmm. home. Take care of your family. Mm. You shouldn't be doing anything else. Yeah. So definitely relating to Moana's story, it touches. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Can really relate to her. What about you, Jay? What what stuck out to you? Well, every time I see somebody put identity on something, I'm like instantly like, yeah, let's talk yes. about identity. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it's always awesome. a good topic. Oh yeah, it's God. always a good topic. <laughs> um, and one of the things that became... Uh, very apparent to me because right now our culture is very focused on identity, right? Like identity is a big conversation. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to take this in a direction as a Christ follower, which I know that we don't always take it this direction, but this is my spiritual perspective and you can have yours. But as a Christ follower, um, we're called to put our identity in Christ first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting because we see this even in the film, like there's culture, there's family history, and then there's life situations mm-hmm. that can impact us, right? That can cause us to have an identity. Yes. Um, but what, and I think that there is meaning in that. Like you just described really powerful yes. meaning in that. Um, but on top of that, I don't think that those things can define us. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, you couldn't let it define you, right? Mm-hmm. You had to break out of the identity that other people had for Expectations, you. Expectations, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just as Moana does. And I think that um, that's really important to think about, no matter what your spiritual perspective is, no matter what, um, no matter what your cultural cultural identity mm-hmm. is, you have to I think think beyond those things and not let them define you. They can you can find meaning in them, but what if your culture becomes toxic? Exactly. Yeah. That's right. True. Like, and we've seen this happen before. So this is not like this wouldn't happen. Um, just contrast our current culture with. 1930s 1940s germany right like you gonna you want to identify with nazi culture like forget about it like that's just not a thing yes um what if you're the son or daughter of an alcoholic and you're letting your family tradition define your identity like 
also not a good idea. And it can be, I'm using alcoholic as just an idea. Oh, yeah. your, your parents could have been murderers or whatever they could yeah. have been, right? Yes. Um, and of course, life situations are always changing. So I identify as, we talked. We were joking about this earlier, but I, I bodyboard all the time. I love the ocean. But I can't identify as that. I can identify, that can be part of my identity, but it cannot be rooted in that. Mm-hmm. What if that's taken away from me? Yes. Then I'm then I'm not worth anything. Yes. Yeah. And I think you have to find worth in something bigger than Deeper, yourself. Yeah. 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 So that's just me. I think all the I think what she goes through, Moana goes through, is this uh, process of understanding what her history was yes. yeah. and what she will become out of that, but not necessarily be defined by it. But, yeah. And yeah. that's I think a good a good message. For but us. it's a good picture of how your story mm-hmm. shapes who you are. Totally. <laughs> so. Totally. So that's my son in the background in case you're hearing baby noises. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's a part of the he's a part of the, he's he part of the podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's the, um, the fourth guest. Yeah, I for me her her identity is just inspiring because it's this picture of overcoming fear and overcoming suffering and really kind of living into who you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me it's kind of encouraging from a bit of a weird angle because as a father I'm a, I'm a protective father, mm. yes. and my wife would probably say slightly paranoid, which is fair. <laughs> um, so I actually kind of resonate with the chief at the beginning of this movie, where yes. he doesn't want anybody to go beyond the reef. Um, you know, I, did, I don't have a best friend that died or anything like yeah. that, but, right. but I resonate with the fear of my kids getting hurt yes. and something happening mm-hmm. to them. So to see this movie where... It's like a success story of the kids stepping out and becoming who they're meant to be. And that, in turn, inspires the father. Yep. I'm like, okay, that comforts me. Yes, you know? Like yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, not that my son is Moana, but, you know, still, like, yeah. <laughs> ideally, it comforts <laughs> exactly. yeah. me. Exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about suffering. We'll get dark for a little bit. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there's a lot of people suffering at different points in this movie. Um, I just talked about the chief. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he suffered the loss of his best friend. Mm-hmm. Right. And he has a certain response to that. His response is to protect everybody. Um, Moana is suffering sort of the restraint of not being able to get out and explore who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, we didn't say this before, but obviously, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're gonna... <laughs> Hopefully you've seen it. If yeah, if you haven't, you haven't seen, seen it, it go watch here. it and then come back. Yeah, yeah. But, but I feel like I don't feel, maybe a podcast shouldn't have to say that anymore. Like if you're going to listen to a podcast, you can assume yeah. spoilers, but yeah. when it says we're digging deeper into Moana. I know. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> don't click spoiler. on it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then there's other pictures of suffering too. Obviously, um, Tafiti suffers the loss of her heart. Yes. And Maui suffers the loss of his hook and mm-hmm. his identity. And you, and we even know that he suffers his separation from his parents when he's a kid. So there's a picture in this movie of what suffering does to us and how we respond to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that. How do you kind of see suffering and responses within the movie, within life? Mm -hmm. Um, Right now for me, when you mention all those types of suffering, the one thing that was, that shot to me was, uh, the village is suffering. Yeah. The village is suffering. No one sees that, but they see the dad, Moana, and Tafiti, but not realizing the people, you know, and it can 
apply it to what's going on in the world today. You oh, know? Yeah. We don't know mm-hmm. what's going we don't see all that's going on, but in the meantime the entire body um, is suffering somehow. So yeah. I, I relate it to, I relate it to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially growing up in the islands. Mm-hmm. You know, so much going on in the government, so much going on that we don't see, but we see it with the people. You know, and there's hardly any food there, and people are just mm. trying to do whatever they can to make money to take care of their children. And there's a lot of third world country poor spots in the islands of Samoa. Yeah. So my heart goes out mm. to the villagers. I don't know why that stuck out for me, but the villagers are the one that suffered. And of course, I see Moana. You know, when we go back to Moana, um, I relate to her as well because the suffering that she's going through, there's been a calling in her heart, and she can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. You know. It's been put there for a reason. Yeah. So it's she can't help but gravitate towards it. So she's suffering slowly inside, but she gets redeemed at the end. Yeah. Um, not just herself, but also um, Tefiti. But yeah, the suffering that she had gone through was really it, it, it impacts or it, we all relate to it as far as Pacific Islanders, mm-hmm. especially with our parents telling us what to do. Mm. But yet inside our hearts, you know, and it comes to what they said. Honor your mother and father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at what point? Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> but we still have to respect and love them. Still do it in a kind and loving way. Yeah. So that's for me. What stuck out? Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, so for me, I always the thing I always ask about when I ask about suffering or the topic of suffering is in what are we placing our hope? Hmm. And I think it's important because. Uh, Suffering is this thing in our lives that feels very brutal and very unnatural. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. we don't feel like we were made to suffer. Yeah. Right? We don't really feel that way. We, you know, we, we definitely do suffer. Yes. Uh, all of us suffer in some way, shape, or form. But it doesn't seem like it's our intended state of being. No. It doesn't feel that way. And I know that, like, um, for me, suffering then starts to feel really, it can start to feel really meaningless mm. or devastating, right? And I think that that means it's also easy to start to feel despair or a lack of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, my mom died of cancer in 2012. If you listen to this podcast, you know that um, because we talk about it it's because of what it's done to affect me. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, but if she placed her hope in being made well yes. on earth, mm-hmm. then it's a misplaced hope. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, if you're suffering, if your only hope is for that suffering to be alleviated, what mm-hmm. if that's not a possibility? Yeah. Then it, then it does feel like you would only find despair. So then the question for me then is like, well, how do you find something beyond yourself? How do you find something beyond your family? How do you find something beyond your circumstances wherein we can place our hope? Um, it's just like another analogy is like a soldier, right? That's going to walk into battle. Yes. If you're completely focused on your own self-protection, you are not an effective soldier. No. Mm-hmm. You're looking to the bigger picture. You're looking yeah. to, I'm not only going to do the, going into this battle for my fellow countrymen. Uh-huh. I'm doing this for people back home. Exactly. Yeah. Or if it's your home that's being attacked, you're doing it for your home. For the greater good. You're doing it for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So I think when we, when we do experience suffering, and I think we see this in the film, we need to focus on our values and some on something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and I think that she does that because she does feel fear. It's not a problem to feel fear. It's about what we do with fear that mm-hmm. matters. And Moana maintains her values. She sees something beyond herself. Yes. Right. Because 
she even puts aside some of her own fear when she first tries to go out and the waves kind of get to her. She's like, no, I have to keep going yes. for this. Yeah. And it's because she sees what um, Teka is doing. To, affecting to, her. Exactly, yeah. affecting the whole island. island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what she sees is, I'm doing this for something bigger, bigger. than myself. Yes. Um, and if she didn't see it that way, then I don't think that she can endure the suffering. Uh-uh. She has to see something bigger yeah. or else. And I don't even think like her father doesn't quite see that. Because he just thinks self-protection. Daughter, my daughter, my exactly. daughter. Exactly. Yeah. Or even even, even his, his, what do you call it, clan, tribe? Yes, yeah. village. Yeah. Village, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even his village, right? His, even his village is needs to be protected. Protected, yeah. And he's not willing to take the risk. But she mm-hmm. is willing to take the risk because she sees the bigger picture. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I just think that that is, is a cool thing that the movie teaches us through some of that. Because her, her grandmother is there to constantly remind her of what her values are. The village Art. crazy lady. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you have a village crazy lady? Oh yeah. Have, oh my gosh. Every family, I'm sure. Every family has that. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. What you hit up on there, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of it is about the response to suffering. Yeah. Because you see a lot of different pictures of that in this movie. Yes. And her triumph is sort of her response to her suffering. Yep. But Maui's failure or his what's holding him back is his response to suffering yes you know his just kind of self-wallowing i'm nothing without my hook yes you know right um so i guess for me response to suffering sort of leads me to ask another question which Mm. we can go into now Mm. who do you guys think who's the villain of this story Mm. i would say self Mm. sometimes it's yeah yeah, there wasn't, like everyone else, we all make bad choices. We yeah. all make bad decisions. Maui made a bad one. Mm-hmm. He took something that wasn't, you know, supposed to be taken. And um, greed, it's, mm. those are the things that I think yeah. is a villain in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think that, so I identified three specifically all because of self. So a lot of times yes. when we talk on this podcast, what I always tend to say, and this is what's fascinating because different worldviews will give you different perspectives on what being a villain means, mm-hmm. right? Um, my worldview is that if you are a villain, it means that you are self-focused or even focused on um, your immediate Needs. Uh, or your immediate like like uh, friend group or, mm-hmm. or family group or whatever yes. at the expense of other people's mm-hmm. right um, but being uh, unselfish means I'll give up of myself to help everyone else yes. uh, and so I think that there's still, I think that I'm just kind of piggybacking on yes. top of what you said Please. like Maui Tafiti and Tamatoa all are self-focused right yeah. so when I say Tafiti what I mean is Teka because right. yes. when the, her heart is taken from her it's, it's almost this thing where when her heart is taken from her, not of her own choice, by the way. So well, that's a, that's a question a I have. Like, yeah. that's not clear. Like, from the movie, it's not exactly clear. Like, Well, it seems like Mally stole it from her, though. He did it, steal yeah. it from her, but how much... I don't know. I just wonder, like, what what's the response there? Like, is right. it a completely involuntary response? Like, without my that's, heart, I turn into a demon? Or is it like... Is That's there exactly some... why I put Teka in this yeah. category because it was like, if her identity is wrapped up in, in only the heart, heart, and then she without that heart, she just takes over this like yeah. villainous creature. Um, then why is it that she needs that, right? 
Um, but so so there's that because I think that that's one of them. I mean, Tamatoa is the most classic villain of all the villains. Yeah, he only cares about vanity, yes. <laughs> and his own vanity, <laughs> and really just an excuse to get Jermaine Clement into the movie. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> exactly. And I think Maui is probably the most interesting villain because he he actually has um, the most depth to him as well, meaning that he is entire he's he's almost self focused throughout the entire film. The only time he's not is when he comes back. Yes, um, yeah, that was his turning point. Yeah, and yeah. he really like he, in fact the only thing he the only reason he was doing heroic acts for the humans at the expense of Tafiti was because he wanted to be the hero. Yeah. yeah. It was a very self-focused reason for doing those heroic things. And so I think that um, his journey is learning to be valued by people, not just by his own selfish desire, but by just being a part of a community. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so he's, an, he's a very interesting villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get to do this, but I meant to ask my son... Who he thinks the villain of the movie is? Yeah. You um, should, because I'm pretty sure he would say Teka. Yeah. Yes. Maybe Tamatoa. Right. Maybe the Kakamura. The coconut. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so it's I didn't a get a chance take to on ask. Mad Max. Him. Love that. Yes. Movie. Yes, so it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and their ships. The um, our friends at the Story Cauldron yeah. did a podcast on Moana, nice. and they talk about how the Kakamura are like amazing ship builders. Yeah, like they construct these ships that break apart into three ships and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. So, just really quick to pause before you continue that thought. Yeah, um, you definitely should go listen to the Story Cauldron's podcast on Moana. Yes. Um, now they are not Polynesian or Pacific Islander. Mm-hmm. No, um, but they're they, from Idaho. They're from Idaho, but they did do their research in trying to figure out what um, some of the stories that led to this story were. Nice. Um, so definitely go listen to them. Also, in the regards to the villains, and I wanted to say this earlier, but there's a video by Shannon McCarter from Network 1901. So if you go to Network 1901's YouTube channel, you can watch the video of Shannon talking about the, some of the differences between Moana and Frozen. Okay. Now, she prefers mm-hmm. Frozen. Okay. So... <laughs> There may be some. There may be some like infighting because I know that in the comments everybody else loves Moana. It's like this big fight. Um, but she has some really insightful things to say, especially about Maui's character from a yeah. storytelling standpoint. That I think it's worth it's worth your watch. Of course, it shouldn't change your 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 whether or not you love this movie. Don't let it change that. Just go watch the video and just listen to what she says because I think nice. it's insightful. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to the Story Cauldron one, it's worth a listen because Garrett, one of their hosts in that, says one of my favorite lines from any podcast I've ever heard now. Yeah. Talking about hey, hey. Yeah. He says, I hate chickens. He says, chickens are my third least favorite bird. <laughs> like, That's so specific. And I love it. I didn't know. I, didn't, I have not rank ordered my favorite yeah, birds. So. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah, I just yeah, wanted no. to get that out there. Nice. So, um, yeah. The, I mean... I think the point is there's no clear-cut character villain. Mm-mm. I mean, right. we don't know what the, the Kakamoro's motivations are. Mm-hmm. They want the heart, obviously, but sure. I don't know if they're evil at the core. I don't know, but I, I love that there's no stereotypical villain. Right. Just like I love that there's no love story in yes. this movie. This is a very different yeah. Disney movie. Right. That's what we liked about this film. Yeah. That they didn't have to have a love interest. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, we'll talk more about this later, but I love that the character that you think is the villain, Teka, yeah. um, in the end, is 
redeemed and mm-hmm. forgiven and not vanquished and not yeah. destroyed. So, I mean, we can talk more about that later. But Well, one thing you just mentioned that I think is really fantastic that I never had thought of before was the love story in this, if there is one, is for a village. Yes. Lover of and, people. And their, well, in their environment. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. In the environment, like, they, love, they love this island. Yes. They love this, this group of islands. They love this, this area. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such, it's such a... We did a podcast on Avatar. And Avatar, I think, just beats you over the head with this environment message. Not that we don't need environment message. We do need environment message. Yes. We need to take care of our environment. But if you see it from this film, they worked an environmental it's, message in and they never beat you over the head with it. They didn't. Because it's a love story. Yeah. And they didn't have to copy Fern Gully to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this is true. So I think I love that aspect of it. Though. I had not thought of that. But the yeah. love story is really kind of about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's, let's kind of move into this idea of redemption. So I, I can't think of a whole lot of movies where the movie ends with the villain, the darkest character in the whole movie, being fully restored mm-hmm. to good and fully redeemed and fully sanctified, which is such an encouraging picture. Like, that's mm-hmm. our hope for ourselves yes. yeah. as Christ followers. And even, I mean, I think whatever your worldview is, mm-hmm. you want redemption. You want a chance to be redeemed. You want a second chance. You don't want to be written off. However you define yes. that. But yes. yes. Yeah. So it's so beautiful to see that, and I can't think of a whole lot of other movies that do that so boldly. Mm. Um, so, and just for me, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and I think Sandra talked about this in her video too, is the end. It's that moment when, whether you figured it out ahead of time or not, I didn't because I try not to I figure things yeah. out. But yeah. when Moana says, you know, this is not who you are. You know who you are. And that whole scene. Yeah. I still get goosebumps cry. when I, I watch that scene. I cry every time I see that scene. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's powerful. And you can enjoy it because the water looks amazing. <laughs> it does. It does. It looks amazing. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about the redemptive qualities in this movie. Because it's not just Teka. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maui gets redeemed. Yes. Right. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that because I know from a story perspective, Jay, you've got kind of some opinions on Maui's redemption and what that looks like. and Yeah, it's my maybe it's it like my one issue more. with the movie. Yeah. If I take issue with I anything, it's this. one. Yes. Talk about it. Oh, right now? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, well, okay, so I, I want to differentiate one thing really quick, is that like I think that there is there's two types of redemption that we may be talking about here, too. Because uh-huh. there's one is you are redeemed because you made amends for yourself. Yes. The other is sort of more of an absolution. Mm-hmm. Someone else says, I redeem you. Yeah. Right? Yes. Um, and I think that we're seeing more of an I redeem you. So whether it's Moana and her um, like helping Tafiti become absolved mm-hmm. of this thing that she did, I think where, it, it's, where that gets a little bit odd is that Maui's character is sort of absolved. He receives absolution. But the problem is, is that there, there's a part of this for me that I go, yeah, but he's not getting any repercussions. Like, I don't know that Maui leaves the film understanding truly the kind of pain that he's caused. Yes. Yeah. So that's the one, that's the one aspect of it that, because we see, we see that he definitely is a sympathetic character. They make us sympathetic to him. Cause yeah, we, re, we kind of realize like, Oh yeah, okay. So he's not just Mr. You're welcome, funny prideful, guy. Yes. funny guy, right? Mm-hmm. There's more to him than that. So we sort of 
start to forgive him because he shows us that he's vulnerable. He, he's not exactly this untouchable. Tough guy. Yeah, yeah. such a tough guy. But so he I doesn't think, necessarily grow. He doesn't necessarily grow. He, he makes a growth step, but we don't see it happen because he comes back and says, I'm going to help you. But there's no, there's no indication that of like, well, what, what did he experience separate from Moana that mm-hmm. he, like, how did he reflect on this? Like, we don't, we don't see that happen. <clears throat> yes. So I know that like the first time I saw this movie, I just felt like at the end of it that I was like, wait, he, he's just sorry. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, that, that was my response to it. And, um, I think that's be, we accept, so we accept it because we feel sympathetic towards him. Yes. And we but know has that he he's learned kind of, anything from yeah, it. Yeah, but has he learned anything yes. from it? That's the one thing that I go, ah. And that's really what um, Shannon McCarter in her video mm-hmm. is talking about how that story, that piece of the story plays out. Yeah. Um, and I think that she compares it to Frozen because she goes, I understand what it's like. She's saying that's about herself. About what it's like, like to be cast out as, uh, the, as the Ice Queen. Is it Elsa? Yeah. Elsa. Is Elsa? Okay. Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa, I don't have kids, so I just, I'm all, Elsa, Elsa is the one that's cast out, right? So she goes, I know what it's like to feel different yes. and to feel rejected. Oh, yeah. So I, I also, I can also kind of see what it's like to come back from that. Yes. But um, what happened with Maui? Like, how did he, how did he make his transformation? Yeah. We watch her make her transformation, but how does Maui make his? And so I, I think that that's a really good point from a storytelling perspective. Yes. Of it is it is left when he's when he's sitting in uh, Tafiti's hand and he's kind of like sorry. It's like, and now it's all good. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it should be all good. Yes, you know what I mean. So I think there's that component to it. Yeah, the only thing I would say to that yeah is Tafiti just before then was fully redeemed right and you see the redemption of all of the islands you see all of the darkness and the the blackness go away and the blooms and the flowers and the plants and everything and the sunlight comes out and so it's kind of like in that instance if maui didn't get the chance to be redeemed also yeah it's kind of like wow sucks to be him yeah yeah, 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 (laughs) but i don't know what do you think he's a part of it um the one thing that does come to mind yeah. is his ability to come back and apologize sure. and fight for her. I would say that's probably not his personality of that right. tough guy, but he's like, you know what? Darn it. <laughs> yeah. He's going to, I would say that's probably the slightest change yes. in Maui, but nothing where like, Hey, what did you really learn? Right. But I would say that's the slight change that I saw in Maui. Yeah. Yeah, like a tough guy wouldn't come back and apologize. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, we also might see we also might see more of his transformation in the next film. Yeah, if there's a sequel, yeah. I would see. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you guys want a sequel? Um, I have mixed feelings I, on that because sequels don't really, you know, come strong sometimes. Yeah, uh, especially Disney sequels. Yeah, they don't have don't the best track record. Yeah, if they can do the Toy Story type sequel, like Toy Story had great sequels. That yeah, one had great sequels. But I agree, Nothing like else. a lot of Disney sequels have struggled lately. You know, yeah. do you know that it was originally in Walt's vision, and also in John Lasseter, who is the Pixar guy, the guy uh-huh. behind Pixar. Uh-huh. It was originally in both of their original visions not to have sequels. Wow. Yeah. And they've broken from that. And they've Which I think is good. Like, don't ruin yeah. Yeah. magic. Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about calling in this movie. Hmm. Obviously, Moana has a calling. And so kind of a question I have, maybe this is obvious and I'm just missing it, but where, where do you think Moana's calling comes from? Is it completely internal? Mm-hmm. Is it partially external? 
is it as simple as the ocean saw her save that little turtle and thought, oh, that's my girl? You know, <laughs> I mean, like, what do you think? I think it's both. Yeah. Mostly in terms of both. I would say both. Yeah. Because the way she was raised, you mm-hmm. know, you're connected to your culture, your people, your family. So that's a drive for her. Yeah. So it's internal also because of the type of person she is, her heart, compassion, love, you know, so with those two combined, those two factors, it's driven her to step out of her comfort zone and to go out and do what her dad's telling her not to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. What do you think, Jay? Yeah. I mean, understanding or coming to terms with calling Mm. is, I hate to I mean, I've said this like a billion times in this podcast. I sound like a broken record, but it's really, it's just, well, I mean, just on this podcast, even, okay. it's like the worldview you have. Yes. Yeah. Because if you don't have a, if you're, if, you, if your worldview is like, okay, things originate in the brain and there's nothing beyond the brain because mm-hmm. it's just the brain. Right. Um, or what is the mind? What is the brain? What is your spirit? What is your soul? Like all of those things probably have some sort of indication of what we refer to as calling. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if, if you if you don't believe in spiritual things or you don't believe in a soul, yeah. can you have anything but an, an internal calling? Like, yeah. can you have an external calling when you don't believe in this? I don't know. I mean, my worldview says there are those things. Yeah. So for me, it's easy because I'm like... I think every person's calling is unique internal giftedness. Like you basically said it. Yes. Um, you said it much more simple and more <laughs> more concrete than I did. But like it's internal calling that like they're gifted at something. Yes. But then I feel like I you know my worldview says that on top of that that there are other spiritual callings as well and yes. callings of your soul. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Like what you said, it's internal and external. It's, it's both. It's a little bit of both, yeah. And I, I was actually going to, I'm going to pick on you. And pick maybe, on me. And maybe embarrass you. No, no, no. It's all compliments. I dare you. So I think <laughs> you're a fan. I think what the world will tell us oftentimes is that, or actually I think our culture, at least our culture, mm-hmm. especially here in the States, yes. with the individualistic like culture that we have, um, is that a lot of times it will say your calling is important for you to like make you rich and famous. Like once I find my calling, then I'll be famous, then I'll be rich, then I'll be whatever. Yes. And what I think, I think that that's a pollution of calling. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that calling means that you will be rich and famous. I think that calling means that you will have an impact on others. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that the coolest thing is like as you as a worship leader, you're mm-hmm. a fantastic worship leader. I don't think that I've ever worshipped with a leader that was better. Like you're the best worship leader I've ever mm-hmm worshipped with right wow. yeah and, and but the thing you is you're not churches. likely to be rich <laughs> well i'm just gonna say you're not likely to be rich and famous no not doing that right and if you were doing it because you wanted to be rich and famous yes. i think your calling would be diminished yes yeah so calling is a weird thing because i think our culture will talk about calling and like mm-hmm. oh that person was called to do that because they're rich and famous and it's like yeah but society yeah yeah like you they could have been they could have impacted like one or two other people and maybe they were called to just do that. Yeah. Yes. And why can't we respect that in them? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. That's just, so I think it is internal and external mm-hmm. both. Yeah. And it's kind of about what's your picture of success look like. Exactly. You know, exactly. Is it financial success? Is it status? Is it power? Relationships. Yeah. Or is it relationships? Is mm-hmm. it impacting people? Is it leaving a legacy for your kids? Yeah. You know, is it being a positive yeah. presence in those around you yep, so exactly yeah i think um for moana's calling 
I think it, I really sort of see it come together in the scene um, after Maui has deserted her and they fought Teka for the first time and she gets revisited by her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then um, she sings the song where she's like, I am a girl who loves my island. I'm a girl who loves the sea. Yes. And you sort of see this duality in mm. her. And it's when she finally kind of embraces that duality and realizes I can value these things from my past mm. and embrace my calling for the future. I feel like that's when she really kind of becomes who she is. Mm. I mean, we know that because that song ends with her saying, I yes. am Moana. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, we know that. But, <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of the beautiful picture of her calling in this movie because mm. it's not just... Her calling is not just about where am I going. Mm -hmm. Her calling also has to do with where have I been and how do I respect that and embrace that and allow it to inform where I'm going. Yeah. So I think that's really the beautiful part of the movie too. Absolutely. Hey guys, pardon my brief interruption here, but do you need a new pair of headphones? If you do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Urban Vinyl. They make premium wood headphones that look amazing. But here's the thing, they're made by audiophiles for audiophiles, so they sound as good as they look. In fact, reviewers have called their headphones the best headphones on the market, better even than Bose and Beats. And you know what? I agree. They're what I use when I record this podcast. Please consider purchasing a pair using the link in the show notes. If you click the link to their website and use the promo code J, my name, my first name, J-A-Y, super simple, you save 15% and Urban Vinyl will make a donation to the Reclamation Society. So if you need headphones or you're looking to upgrade the pair that you currently have, definitely take a look at what Urban Vinyl has to offer. Click the link in the show notes to visit their website and use my name, J-A-Y, to get the 15% discount. Thanks for letting me interrupt. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's talk a little bit about fear. So we've talked about Mm. suffering. We've talked about calling, redemption. There's a lot of pictures of fear in this movie, too. There's uh, the village chief, Moana's dad. He's afraid of people getting hurt. Yes. Um, and he's instilled that in her. Yes, yeah. and so she's brave. She's very courageous, but mm-hmm. she's still fearful. She still yes. doesn't know what she's going to encounter out there. Maui's afraid of being nothing. You know, he's afraid of not having right. a status, of not being the hero. Mm-hmm. So, and we've talked about fear a lot mm-hmm. on the podcast before. Yep. And we've talked about how it's not necessarily a negative thing. Mm-hmm. There's healthy fear. There's positive fear. Yes. There's reverence. There's mm-hmm. safety. Um, so. What's, CISO, what's kind of your experience with the concept of fear as you watch this movie and how does that stand out to you? Um, referring back to our culture, because yeah. since it's our culture, yeah. um, they always, I, I said that, instill fear because mm-hmm. that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> they need our parents. <laughs> so they instill the fear in us. So, of course, it's natural for every parent to do that so we don't step beyond the border, you know. Yeah. But for um, Moana's case, fear, she's so brave. She's mm-hmm. so brave. I, mean, I think Disney did a great job with um, just depicting that essence about her. Yeah. Um, also, although she did have a little bit of it, that fear allowed her to um, build her character, just mm-hmm. become stronger. And that's in, in every person. There's always going to be some obstacle, some lie that the enemy is just putting in our ear to try and prevent us from stepping into our calling yeah Mm. but that fear 
she sees it, she tackles it, and she becomes who she was meant to be. Hmm. And she's much more stronger. So uh, Disney did a great job with that yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd like to hear your part on the fear. Yeah. Why don't you go first this time? Yeah. You keep kicking over to me. Daryl. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, similar to what we talked about with suffering, I like watching how people respond to their fear mm-hmm. in this movie. Because mm-hmm. you sort of get the whole gamut, you yes. know? You get, I think Moana is a great picture of allowing fear to be a healthy presence. Yes. And allowing it to inform your level of safety and sort of embracing it in a way that keeps you from becoming um, narcissistic or mm-hmm. just overly proud and thinking, I can do this, I can do this, I yes. can do this. But really being honest about what's around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get Maui, whose fear completely cripples him. So, yes. And anybody who's dealt with anxiety before gets that. Yes. Like it can be completely crippling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the village chief who is suffering from this traumatic experience, the mm-hmm. loss of his best friend. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bit of both in there. Like there's some very good reasons for him to be fearful. He's learned some things that should impact how he feels, mm-hmm. but it's gone a little bit too far and he's limiting other people and he's limiting his kids, mm-hmm. which is something that again, just resonates with me in a huge way. Like. Mm. I love my boys. I want them to be safe. But I also don't want to smother them. Yes. And I don't want my fear to keep them from becoming who they can be. Generational, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. What do you think, Jay? Well, I think, I mean, you guys have both said it. I, I, as I was reflecting on it this time, you know, I don't know that fear is good or bad. It, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what you do with it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, yes, um, Because... I don't think that it would be if you said to me uh, that Moana's dad should not be fearful. I would go like, no, he has every reason to be fearful. Like yes. if what he had to go through, like that's awful. Yeah. Um, now what he does with that, I'd go, okay, well maybe he's maybe he's let that take over, right? Yeah. Um, I've talked about this before in this podcast, but I have a fear of flying. I hate flying, um, but I love going to Hawaii. We yes. were talking about I, went to, I visited Hawaii. Like, I, I love that so much that it's like, yeah, I'm going to board this plane. Like, I hate it. I do not like any minute of the flight, but I do it anyways because yes. it's like, it's like, hey, look, you need, and I was in an emergency landing. Actually, by, by the way, going to, on the way to Hawaii a different time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, so that kind of stuff, I think you just have to, you have to, and I'm sure that there's areas of my life right now where I'm fearful of something and it's preventing me from taking steps that I should yes. be taking. Yes. And I think that we just need to look at that and go, that's no good. Like it, it's, it's not good to, to let the fear overcome oh, you. Yeah. yeah. It is okay that it's there because fear teaches us. Yes. Right. The next time I try to go out beyond the waves, I need to be, make sure that I'm prepared for it. Yes. I need to make sure that the people around me are prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things. They teach yeah. you. But it doesn't mean that it should just prevent you from doing something altogether. Yeah. So... And it connects to, to calling. If you don't beat through that fear, you're never going to get in or reach the calling yeah. that yeah. was purposed for you. So true. Yeah. So true. All connected. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, so we've, you've talked about how great the water 
looks in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. This movie looks incredible. It sounds incredible. The music is amazing. But I think it's not just there's a great story, there's great visuals, and there's great music. Like it's all intertwined. Yes. And I feel like the visuals and the music really heavily inform the story. Mm-hmm. So um, talk to me a little bit about that. How do you how do you see the like the music and the mm-hmm. visuals driving the story? I think it's important because if you look at something like Lion King, yeah, it's setting okay. That's that culture. That I mean, how do we mm. bring out the essence of that culture? Yeah. Those people, and they that's important for everybody. For instance, like all these shows, Vikings, you know, uh, Outlander, they all have something similar. Their mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. brings out okay. What is this people about? So it had to have done had to have been done for Moana. Who are these Polynesians? Yeah. How do we connect with them? Or what is it about these people that makes them who they are? So I think every culture, it's music. Yeah. Something different about our music that makes us who we are. The music was key in this one um, because for us, as coming from a Polynesian, we love music, we love dancing, we love uh, our attire. Everything has yeah. to go you know, uh, hand in hand. Uh, it was perfect because... Not to say it was done by a Samoan, but it was a PGN choir. Yeah. Different. And also, uh, the other musicians were all Samoan. Um, it was so, so powerful. Yeah. It really, really, because I couldn't look at it, see, like if I see the movie being played by my kids, I'll look at it, watch it. Oh, cool, cool. But when I hear the music, though, oh, it's a whole different. It just brings out something different out yeah. of me. Like I, I'll just have to play it, and I just have to sing it with my kids in the car. <laughs> but oh, it's so powerful, so powerful. One thing I've wondered about the music, and I haven't been able to find an answer to this. Maybe yes. you know, um, is the non-English lyrics in the music? Mm-hmm. Is that an actual Pacific Islander language, or is it just sort of a language that they came up with using? Okay, common so, sounds and tones from different languages and stuff. N- um, as far as I know, there are certain songs. I never asked, but our my girl, my friend, it's her dad that did it, did the music tabaka. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't asked them if they went and created something different because I do hear Samoan in there. Yeah, mm. I hear our language in there. In fact, okay. one of the songs it's entirely in Samoan. Okay, mm. but when I hear the other music i said to myself it must be the other languages okay mm. i don't think they would create their own but i believe it's other mm. languages but they could that they've incorporated. Pieces, yeah. yeah okay but yeah, yeah that's i think they're just taking from different languages creating their which um, song is fully in samoan Gosh, I don't remember which one. The one is Tato Tanata for Low. Oh, the best one. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. I love that song. Okay, well, we'll talk later. You have to tell me what it's saying. I want the translation. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think one of the things I love about it, too, is, you know, a lot of musicals, Mm. The the music is the emotion, right? Yes. So you have the dialogue in between songs that yes. carries the story, and then when they need to convey an emotion, they sing a song. Yes. And that's a good formula. Sometimes for me with musicals, especially movie musicals, mm-hmm. it feels very formulaic. Mm. It's like, here's a little bit of story, and now here's a song, song. about yeah, how we yeah. feel about what's going on. Right. And the song almost seems... It almost feels like you don't even have to listen to the whole song. Like, it's... Pointless. It's like okay, it's a love song. You're yes. in love. I get yeah, it. Let's yeah. go on to the next thing. You know. Yeah. And it's it's very much like A and B, A and B, A and B. You know. Yeah. What I love about Moana is it's it feels so much more organic, yeah. and the way the music flows in and out and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It just I feel like it's such a good representation of what other musicals are trying to accomplish. Yes. Yeah. Because it really does kind of take me on a journey. 
So no, but I don't know. I what agree, do you think, Jay, about music and visual? Well, I, will, I would take it from a completely different perspective altogether because I, I think it. I love what you said. I think it's amazing, but I have no knowledge of that. Right? So it's like, <laughs> well, that's right. Say Outlander and Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, but for me, what makes the music so amazing mm. is, and you kind of were touching on it, mm-hmm. is the the storytelling done through the music. Yeah. I, I this is probably the highest praise that a geek can give a film about with a film's music. It's John Williams esque. Oh um, yeah, because each of the, each of the characters has their theme. Yeah. Yes. So when you hear Moana sing, every time there's a bit of that theme that's yeah. that's weaved through like the story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we so we're watching her develop as a character, and all of the emotions that she has are coming out in the song. Yeah. All of the inspiration. There's this there's this really fascinating thing they do. Especially with um, the uh, what's the name of the first song that she sings? The, the, the not, not the how far I'll go. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's not. That's not the first song she sings. But, yeah, okay. it, but that's but what I'm referring theme. to. Her yeah. Yeah. song. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. It has this awesome rising action to it, oh, where yeah. she's kind of like appreciative of her village, but then she's like dreaming about it. Yes. And, then, and it's just crescendoing to this uh-huh. place where she's like, "I'm going for it." You know, yeah. it's like it's just perfect. The story needs that at that time to push itself yes. forward. So it's not a stop break music. Yes. It's a this is a continuation of the theme. This yeah. is a continuation of the song. And even when you see like Maui's theme, you hear his pride. You hear you hear why his pride is there mm. because he calls himself an ordinary demi guy. Yes, which I didn't know until I watched the actual yeah. subtitles. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. really? Yeah. Demi guy, okay, not demi god. Yeah. yeah, and he's saying that because he wants to be relatable to the people. people. Yeah, mm. um, and so so they've captured it really well. And this is this is. Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh-huh. partially yes. right. So talk about storytelling. Who is not Pacific I mean, Islander in any way? He's Puerto not, Rican. Yeah. So, but at least, but that's uh, he's from an talent. island. Yes. Right? So like there is that component. You can yeah. relate to that. And he's insanely talented. Oh my god. Insanely talented. <laughs> so and, and even uh, Tamatoa, even oh. when he gets his theme going, <laughs> it, it really describes right. who his character yeah. is, right? Yeah. And so I think that that. Um, one of the things I, I learned from a book called Wired for Story mm-hmm. is our brains are wired for story. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that our brains are wired to do is ask why. Why does this occur? And when we get songs like those songs, the story is progressing, but we're getting why questions answered through it through the song. Yeah. And so the brain so is true. just our brain is responding to that, going like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay, I love yes. that. Now, now I know this character." Yeah. And then it makes it just real for us. So I think that's part of the reason why the music is so amazing. And I think one of the, you talked about how the songs tell the story. Yeah. And they do it so well that you can get the story. You can get the feels from the story without watching the movie. So you can listen to the music. Good way of looking at it. And and I mean, I guess maybe you have to have seen the movie in order for this to connect completely. But when I listen to the soundtrack, and we listen to it a lot. Because no one wants to listen to it in the car and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And... I get that same feel from like when I'm watching the movie. Yeah. So when I hear, you know, this is not who you are, you yes. know who you are. I'm like, I still, I still feel yeah. that even mm-hmm. if I'm Powerful. not watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't think of many other movies. Like yeah. when I hear let it go, it doesn't, I don't feel the joy of the frozen fantasy land or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think it's just special in that way because I think it does tell the story 
through the songs in a, in a really unique way. In a way, but see, that's, that's how a lot John Williams movies. is for me. That's true. I, I can be listening to a John Williams song and yeah. know exactly where in the movie it occurs. Yeah, get all of the feeling of that song right back in it, and totally. be like, I know exactly what's going on here, and I yeah. love it. Every time, so like I think when I hear that that slowed down Jedi theme, yeah. I can just picture Ray holding the lightsaber. <laughs> right. eyes, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Know. Yeah. Great yeah. Perspective. No, it's it's definitely a special mm-hmm. soundtrack. Um, this is not a question that I gave to you guys ahead of time, but it's just kind mm. of something I'm wondering about. A lot of times when I watch this movie, I'm so inspired by Moana specifically and her journey and everything that she goes through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I actually will lose interest in Maui and Tamatoa mm-hmm. and and the well the Kakamura are pretty cool. I don't really lose interest in them, but <laughs> Maui and Tamatoa and some of the elements that almost seem like they're there, like Hey Hey, Hey Hey, and some oh. of the elements that are there for mm-hmm. comedic value or to maybe give us a vibe that's similar to other Disney movies yes. in the past. Formula, yeah. So there's a bit of a duality in that for mm-hmm. me. Do you guys feel that at all? Or do you think it just meshes beautifully? Well, I, I think if I were the writer of the story, what I would have said to you was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's her story. Yes. Yes. So the other people, so when I, when I bring up my complaint about Maui's transition, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not his story. Yes. So that's why it doesn't, it doesn't ruin the movie. Because mm-hmm. we don't really, I mean, it's like, okay, fine, he did that. I kind of wonder why he did that. Yeah. But it doesn't ruin the story. No, There's right. no component of that. So for me, I go, uh, if I was writing this story, I go, this is Moana's story. If those other characters, they become lost for a moment or two. Yes. That's okay. Are they still real? Do they still have, make her have forward movement in her yeah. journey? Yes. Yeah. If that's true, totally cool. Done the job. Right? Yeah. yeah. I guess for me, if there's something in the movie that mm-hmm. I will skip... While I'm watching it, yeah. if I'm trying to save time and I'm just going to watch part of it, yeah. I'll skip your welcome and I'll skip Tomatoa's song. I'm not going to lie, I skip it on the track too. <laughs> do you? I do. I mean, they're good songs. Like, he's love is over. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> they're good songs, but they, for me, they don't have the inspiration and inspirational impact that the rest of the songs have Got and it. the rest of the scenes have too. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, not that I'm saying it's bad. They definitely inform Moana's journey and stuff like that. But I guess I'm just so into the Moana character yes. specifically. Love, love, love. I, I think it's just also for a comedic value. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they add those in there. But definitely Moana's story is a key right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that probably Maui's journey suffers from too is just that it's almost impossible not to like Dwayne Johnson. Oh, I know. God. Right? Like, he's just such a likable person. Yes. <laughs> he's one of the most followed people on Instagram, right? Like, yeah, we all follow gosh, him for a reason. I don't know if I still follow him. I definitely did, but I was like, he's depressing me. <laughs> I'm not getting up at 4 a.m. to work out. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but, stop it, Dwayne. Stop. Yeah, stop it. Just take a day off, please. Yeah. <laughs> but I think. We know this is pre recorded. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I think that that's probably why we, you know, well, so I like that song because I think of, I think of him seeing it. I see his expressions in the character when he's singing. Yeah. And I think that, that, that particular scene, I thought it was, and you, I would love your perspective on this just because it's from your culture, yes. but the, the fact that the tattoos moved and were animated yeah, in the body, I love that. Yes. I thought that was so cool and yeah. so well done that, the, yes. that it was, that he had characters 
that he had like the angel and the devil character. It was just really an angel character because it was always doing good things. Yeah, yeah. But they, that was influencing him. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there was a component of that that could be. I'm looking at my tattoos to remind me of who I should be. Yeah. Right? And I think that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But so I think that even that is like really clever. So I like that song for some of those reasons. Yeah. But if you ask me like, dude, I don't don't listen to the soundtrack. Um, So I don't know if you would tell me like, if I did listen to the soundtrack, I might skip it too. Just because it's like, well, that's, that's, I like it because of where it is in the movie. I like it because of what's happening with him during the movie, like the visuals. Yeah. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Uh-huh. So the funny thing about the soundtrack, there's another version of that song uh-huh. that oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda version. does with, I can't remember the name of the singer. It's, really? Um, oh gosh. Is it Jordan something? Yes. Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher? Jordan Fisher. Yeah, that sounds credits? right. Isn't it in the credits? Yes. It's over the credits, yes. yeah. Okay, and it's, it's like a hip-hop version of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I'm, love that version. That's not my genre, so when I first heard that, I'm like, okay, I don't like this as much. But yeah. when I really gave it a chance yes. and listened to it, I'm like, I like this better. Yeah. Because uh, it's just a different feel, you know? It's yeah. not like the happy-go-lucky, you're welcome. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's a little darker. It's got a little something different to it. And, yeah. And Jordan Fisher is an amazing, amazing singer. singer. It's crazy. I just want to say you touched yeah. on something really important in the mm. film is the tattoos. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was really vital because that is our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he had said that, like he always had to refer back to his tattoos. Mm-hmm. Because what's in the tattoos, what we have in there is everything is from our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So we don't just go get a tattoo to get a tattoo. Yeah. Every symbol means something. Uh, so with him referring back to that, good evil, yeah. um, that's Disney's take on it, but it's probably, um, you know, our ancestors telling us, hey, this is who we are. This is where we come mm. from. So that was an important thing in the film was the tattoos. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And they hired one of our friends to be the consultant of really? the, the tattoos, no especially way. the father. They had to get it right because uh, it's a Samoan oh, um, tattoo. Yeah. Uh, had to make sure that was done correctly. So that's cool. Yeah, that's I, love, awesome. I love that. I love that Disney did that. Yeah, a lot of our friends were a part of the film. Our friends was the one that did the um, what do you call them? the choreography, and then okay. another friend of mine was the one that did all the costuming. Yeah, and so a lot of our people were involved doing it. But what was beautiful about it is that everyone made sure they had their eyes dotted, T's crossed, that that's it was cool. yeah perfect as far as the yeah. ancestral part of it all. So talk, I was going to ask you about that. Talk a little bit more about that because you you were part of a collective of people that yes. worked on this movie yes. specifically so that they would get yes. the culture right. Yes. They wanted so, to make sure that everybody that was involved yeah. is from the islands. Yeah. And um, they actually touched with... They, Included a lot of key people in there, mm-hmm. which is the ones that they had asked for costume, tattoos, mm-hmm. choreography, and songs are all part of the community now that they actually do that. Uh-huh. That's what their gifts are. Yeah. So they didn't just ask random people from the islands, hey, can you guys do that? No, these people have actually studied it, mm-hmm. made sure that they were um, done correctly from which island mm-hmm. and not, you know, just pulling anything out, you know, or, or also combining cultures yeah. together. No. So they did a good job with that. Yeah. As far as getting the right, what do you call it? Not historians or, um, I don't know how you would call that with their gifts, their particular, um, yeah. Expertise. Yeah. Expertise. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And how did it come to you? Like, what was that experience? Like, how did you get involved? Okay. So I was I had to audition over the phone. Okay. Um, mm. A friend of mine who is on the show, the Blue Store, Big Store, with Superstore. Superstore. Oh, who's your, who's your uh, friend? Calico. She's the Hawaiian one in the the show. 
Oh. Yeah. So Calico calls me. She's and says, hilarious. She's hilarious. <laughs> so she calls me and says, he said, I can't make it. I got to go in to shoot. Can you audition over the phone with them? I'm like, for what? For more? I, said, I thought they were done. <laughs> so when they did that and I heard um, they weren't finished, we came in and it was a privilege for me because had Amy Hill was one of the actors there. She's doing amazing. Mm-hmm. She's from 51st Dates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. Branscombe mm. is another known actor. So we all came together. Did the collective voices and um, is she the the one in the diner in Fifty First Dates? Yes, yes. Oh, and she's, she's doing great. well right now. She's actually got picked up as a series regular for another show. Okay, so wow. she's doing amazing work. Yeah. But um, it was special for all of us uh-huh. to be a part of that, especially when we thought it was done. Yeah, we thought it was yeah. completely finished. But uh, it was great, 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 great. I think Disney did such a great job making sure that they were um, true to our history. Yeah, to our people. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Cool, and especially with the fact that it's an amalgam, you yes. know, it's different yes. cultures. It's Samoan, it's Fiji, it's Fijian, Tongan, it's, Fijian, and, Asian, yes. But it works for everybody. Like it, does. it really is a fair representation. Yes. Yeah. And we are one people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how we look at it. But just to get those different colors in there and those different emphases and stuff yes. like that, it's yeah. impressive. <laughs> and there's like what six different Polynesian Pacific Islands. More. More. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I went to the, the last time I was in on Oahu, I went to the Polynesian Cultural Center. Favorite. It's like Disney for me. Yeah, it's, it is. Love. It's totally like Disney. <laughs> Actually, that's what my friend told me. So I, uh, I, I work at um, the university, and yes. one of the students who actually just graduated was going through our entrepreneurship program, and um, he's from Hawaii. And so nice. I told him, I'm going to Hawaii. So and, and I'm like, just tell me, like, where can I go bodyboarding? What do you recommend? Oh. Like, where should I go? Like, and one of the things was, um, actually... One of the things was my mother-in-law had never been, and my wife had never been to a luau. And so they were saying, like, we should go to a luau. luau. And I'm like, well, hold it on a minute. Like, I've been several times to the islands. I've not been to a luau. And part of it is because I feel like sometimes... you got to go to one that somebody tells you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I feel like they're they're almost more like... A, just a tourist yeah. attraction. It's a touristy. It's not yeah. really a cultural Authentic, thing. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just kind of like... It's kind of like a fake one. You know? Yes. And I'm like, so I don't want to... Because like, when I told my brother the same thing, he's like, yeah, it feels like you could almost be like offending the culture by going to so the well, wrong like, luau, right? Um, and so we were like... We were very skeptical. So good. I asked... My what's his name? His uh, his name is Christian Kama. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, but uh, so yeah, I don't think he listens. But if you're okay. listening, Christian, like, Christian, what's you up? Listen. Yeah, um, I asked him. I said, I said, uh, where should we go? And he said, you gotta go to the Polynesian Cultural Center because yes. he had worked there. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. So we ended up going to that. It was fantastic. Hmm. And they actually have a show there right now. I didn't think I was gonna talk about this, <laughs> but they have a really cool show that they do too. Huh? That's, yes, and it's done amazingly well. Uh, it, it is. It is a. It is a theatrical yeah. style. Full on like wow. Disney Music, quality. Yes. Because you know how you'll 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 say like go see this show and you're going to maybe it's not a cultural center but it's like a historic area yeah and it's like yeah that show is going to be like really like not that yeah. good like we the, this show we almost we almost skipped it because oh i'm so glad you um, did yeah because we because we were like ah oh, it's getting late we yes. want to get back to do some other stuff like ah uh, but we went and we're like so we're glad. so glad we stayed for this because it was really amazing yeah. it's a beautiful show yeah it's fantastic oh my goodness yeah really really good so now I have to go. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you can go get on a plane, man. <laughs> We've been wanting to go back, so yeah, I'll be happy to do that. I don't have any complaints. Um, that I mean, that kind of wraps up all the questions I have. Was there anything else you guys wanted to cover? Was there anything else that 
you've been dying to say about Moana that we didn't get a chance to hit on? I don't think so for me. I, the only other thing I would say is that um, there were several points, and I'm just watching it on, I was watching it on Netflix. Yeah. So go catch it while you can, because I know yes. Disney's going to pull all their stuff from yeah. Netflix, so yeah. go watch it. Um, but uh, one of the things that occurred to me was that um, it is so, there's so much clarity. You know, you, you should be able to judge uh, CGI based on like the hair. Yeah, yes. but watching like Moana's hair move when oh, she moves, it it's just amazing. Like it's it's stunning because a lot of times too you have this. Uh, they're getting to the point where they can make fake people look really real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for a while there, like even like Toy Story avoided showing people for the first film, right. I believe, because yeah. it was like they just they look showed terrible. her from behind. Yeah, yeah, and this was this was like a uh, not trying to be realistic. Yes, but the way that they captured people's emotions and the, their movements and their um, their body types and things like that, like it was yeah. just really interesting and fun. Yes, all of the way through. So the animation, yeah. I'd say, is amazing. We didn't even really talk about animation no. in that yeah. much degree. Well, and there's one scene specifically. So it's actually during "You're Welcome." It's when they're singing that mm. song, and they have a lot of 2D animation going on with like like the sort of tattoo representations of the fish swimming in the background and yes. stuff like that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Apparently Flounder from Little Mermaid is in there. So oh, really? If you look okay. quickly I'm enough, you can nice, catch nice. him. But when they show that and then they have Maui and Moana like walking across the screen over that, yes. they look like live action. Like it looks like mm. Roger Rabbit. It looks like a live action person on top of animation. Interesting. It's crazy. Yeah. With the hair thing that you're talking about, I haven't seen it yet because it was extras on the DVD. Yeah. They said that they actually had the girl, a real girl, flip her hair no so they way. could actually get... Crazy. I know. That's awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine told me that. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and they made Moana... After Zootopia, right? I have no idea. Because I think I there's know. a there's actually yeah because there's a there's a scene in Zootopia where they're selling bootleg DVDs, <laughs> and one of them it's not Moana because it hadn't come out yet, but it looks like Moana. Oh my oh, god! It's like a little that's Easter egg. Really? Yeah. That's funny. But the reason I bring up Zootopia is they put a ton of effort in that into the clothes that the animals were wearing. Yeah. Because there's obviously there's been other movies with anthropomorphic animals yes. and yeah, worn sure, clothes sure. and stuff, yeah. but it's like how would clothes really look on these animals? Yeah, and the fur and the animals yeah. and the hairs oh and stuff gosh. like that. And they said there is more, there are more hairs wow. in Zootopia uh-huh. than every single other Disney Animation Studios really? movie combined, like a wow. hundred times more. Wow. Like it's off the charts. Can you imagine the computing power it takes oh, to yeah. like render each one of those? And things? then Moana came after that. Wow. So like, so they had that it's good to go. Yeah, yes. they kind of like figured it out. Yeah, the sloth I mean, is my favorite. Oh yes, <laughs> I saw that somebody actually dressed Flash. up like that. Oh, yeah. 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 I had the whole thing awesome. sitting in uh, sitting and yeah. painting. <laughs> That's great. And then I have, big, I have like a big hand with a big yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I can only imagine like what's to come too. Like, oh, have you gosh. seen the trailers for Coco, the new Pixar movie? I have not paid only a the lot of poster. attention. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a few trailers, and there's one. I think one of the early ones specifically, yeah. where the boy in the movie sits down with a guitar, and it's either his grandfather or it's his father or some. I haven't seen the movie obviously because it's not out yet. Yeah. But somebody in his family who is a famous like mariachi guitar player. And so you watch him play guitar to mimic his dad. Oh. And as a guitar player, I know 
that his fingering yeah. is correct. Oh yeah, that's it's awesome. accurate. That's cool. That's super cool. <laughs> oh my it's like I've never seen that in an animated movie before. I'm you like, rarely see it in non-animated. Yes. Movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not showing it. It's exactly. crazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and wow. So, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. But cool. Well. Cisa, thank you for joining us thank today. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so cool to have somebody that was involved in the production of the yes. film. like, and, and whose culture it is. Yes. Yeah. Those two things, adding that to the podcast is really phenomenal. Oh. So thank you for taking yeah. the time. I am so happy. Totally. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And tell us, so where can people find you? Um, I'm on social media, Cisa Gray. Mm-hmm. And... Um, CisaGray.com? Oh, CisaGray.com, too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know. So, you know, work requires us to have this. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Just trying to manage it daily. It's like, you gotta do hmm, it. I'm a wife, I'm a want mother, and then, wait, i got to update all this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know, exactly. But, yeah, too much to think about. Too much to think too about. Much. This, this world just puts too much on our shoulders. Well, thanks for being here today. Thank it's you for It's been a pleasure to have you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody out there, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Yes. That is it for today's podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks, as always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.